Today is the 20th of September, 2014, and this is episode 146. This program is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Cryptocurrency is new, highly experimental, and we're not experts, just obsessed companions walking the road towards a more peer-to-peer future. Welcome to Let's Talk Bitcoin, a twice-weekly show about the ideas, people, and projects building the digital economy and the future of money. My name is Adam B. Levine, and today we're all about tokens. Stephanie recently caught up with Aaron, the mind behind the BitFilm Festival, now in its 14th year. They talk bowler hats, tokens, and more. But first, I'd like to tell you the story of token-controlled viewpoint. Token-controlled access, or TCA, is a simple idea. In a given system, different levels of access to that system and abilities within it are granted according to the combination of tokens in a particular user's address. Token-controlled viewpoint, or TCV, is an application of token-controlled access to information content such as forums, posts, comments, bonus content, bloopers, walkthroughs, tips, tweets, supplemental blogs, RSS feeds, and for other purposes. Each piece of information or block of information is associated with a token with one or more tokens and a variable quantity of each. If the quantity is zero, then the information is viewable to users with or without an account. If the quantity required is more than zero, the information isn't loaded unless the addresses associated with that user contain the required access token. Working in the cryptocurrency space is like building an enormous mansion one room at a time. During construction, it's difficult to see what comes next, and each time we install a new window, it provides an opportunity to poke one's head through it and see what we'll be building next. At letstalkbitcoin.com, we ask our users to give us a counterwallet.co address. Every Saturday, we send their share of the LTB coin weekly participation rewards to that address. From there, they can do whatever they want with it. They can use it in auctions to bid on a variety of things. They can trade it, buy a stone sink with it, or they can speculate on its future value. But currently, that's about it. A few months ago, one of the developers in the LTB community, Joe Looney, created a tool that lets users easily check the LTB coin balance of a username on Let's Talk Bitcoin with a single click. The first version used scraped data from user profile pages, but the LTB platform is designed to embrace this sort of synergistic development, which is why we hook them up with our official API. This was a cool tool, a novelty really, but it reminded me of our ability to programmatically look at user balances and see what they have. We don't need to hold any control or responsibility whatsoever in order to see the contents. Since the relaunch of Let's Talk Bitcoin, we've introduced a somewhat bare-bones forum where our community has coalesced. When I create a community, I look for eager participants and give them responsibilities. One such user with the handle Matt created a token called Jedi and started handing it out. He's quietly growing the cult of the token through a new method he's pioneering called Asset-Based Puzzles, or ABPs. And what does every secret society or private clubhouse truly desire? Privacy. Invisibility in plain sight. Operational security without the inconvenience. And Matt's not the only one. Xavier Hawk of permacredits.com has been on me for a private forum from where he can plot permaculture's ascension into the halls of power. In the LTB coin Skype chat, Xavier said, quote, I was just having a convo about a secret crypto society where you need to be given a specific token to get in. A private forum. And I realized that we can actually do that right now. So it took Two months longer than I thought it would, and that's, again, partly my fault because I continue to pile on more projects that we're working on, but the tools are all there. CounterWallet is a multi-wallet, so you can have as many tokens of as many kinds as you want. It really doesn't matter. Before something like CounterWallet, you could have done binary access, where if someone has a certain amount of Bitcoin, well, then that's fine, or maybe you'd look at another altcoin, maybe you'd look at Litecoin, see how many Litecoin they had, but it would take a different blockchain and a lot of different process for each individual thing. But the ability to have a single blockchain that has many, many tokens on it means you have basically the same cost as you would for just running Bitcoin. There's no downside to having as many tokens in play as we want. We just watch one address per user, and whatever tokens are in their wallet dictate what they can or can't see. This tool could be designed to deliver multi-level access where certain sub-communities' information on the forum is controlled in a hierarchical, distributed fashion. A legacy system has the intelligence seated at the top of a hierarchy, automation serving to perform the will of the intelligence at the human level. This is why when legacy companies make cuts for efficiency, they tend to cut at the edges of the network. Low-level humans are the least valuable and most easily replaced parts, while to trim from the brain is to cripple your decision-making capacity, which no intelligent organism would willfully do. This all changed when Bitcoin introduced the idea of autonomous distributed consensus. 
automation at the center of the network, and intelligence at the edges. Token-controlled viewpoint, or TCV, represents this concept applied to information access. In a legacy structure, there's always a master control. In the new paradigm, with tools like MadeSafe and Storage on the horizon, systems are within sight to power the first fully decentralized society, as niche as you want to be. You're 100% in control while using the common infrastructure that nurtures, protects, and enables it all. We all are. One of my favorite sayings is eccentricity requires privacy. If you're going to be weird, you need to be able to be alone, or at least, or at least uh, with a smaller group that you feel comfortable with. Doing stuff that's new and doing stuff that appears to be odd requires the ability to block out the rest of the world that simply doesn't get it so that you can work on it until it's to the point where they do. This is really the vision here. Users would need to acquire various assets to attain access to certain levels of information within a given subcommunity. Here we could have thousands of private subcommunities, each with their own token. Users visiting the page would see only the public boards plus their token viewpoints. If they want to increase their viewpoints, simply acquire tokens from the organizations or public-private market. I realize this might not fit all situations, but counterparty assets can be callable. Therefore, it's quite possible to have moderation abilities even with untrustworthy parties in the mix. And further to this point, token-controlled access is comprised of two basic parts. One part is played by the Bitcoin network and the counterparty protocol. That handles all of the coin stuff, all of the administration, all of the wallets, all of the asset management. Anything that's happening, it's happening through counterparty. All that the Let's Talk Bitcoin platform does is it interpolates that data. It recognizes certain tokens that people have configured within our system, and then it grants permissions to people who have those based on the rules as they're configured. So if you have someone who has your token, but they consistently break the rules, well, they still have an account with the website that they need to associate their address with. So someone still can be banned. They still can be removed from circulation. If we can control what forms are seen, why not apply this to read write access on a thread-by-thread basis? Why not a post-by-post basis? The default can be full visibility or one token visibility, but this system allows granular control over how invested one must be to view certain content. And again, don't think about this like people without tokens come and they see a bunch of locked content. That's not the case. When they arrive lacking the token, they simply do not see the content as though it never existed for them. So wait, aren't secret societies bad? (laughs) Okay, so it gets a little creepy at the end, but it proves a point. Right now, something like this would need to be centrally managed by a person or a small group, granting and repealing permissions for all subgroups. The subgroups necessarily require the consent in advance of the higher structure to be able to function. And the higher structure has abilities that replace and supersede those of the lower. So the lower only really has power when the higher isn't paying attention. And that's just not the case here. In this case, we've segmented the powers. With a token-based infrastructure, the platform is a service provider rather than a master. Private boards, by default, aren't even accessible by administrators since the information is locked through a different method, the token control, that administrative authority is granted. With a token-based infrastructure, information is only loaded based on the contents of a user's wallet. Because we use token technology, this means that access can be traded as easily as bitcoins, and provides a very interesting, almost entirely non-monetary use of cryptocurrency technology that we can use right now. But let's take a look at this from a slightly less creepy angle. For example, let's look at our front page and blogs. So, scenario A. A random reader visits the front page of letstalkbitcoin.com. They see the front page exactly as it is now. Hopefully they enjoy the content and sign up for an account so we can give them their share of LTB coin, but nothing really has changed for them. Scenario B. Users visit the front page of letstalkbitcoin.com. They have an account configured properly in a wallet with 100 LTB coin in it. They're greeted by a version of the page that contains additional content relevant to our users. They visit the same URL, but they see more. Scenario C. A user visits the front page of letstalkbitcoin.com. They have an account properly configured and a wallet with 1,000 LTB coin in it. They see a version of the page not only containing the public and general user content, but also discussions on the future of the website. Perhaps they'll see polls asking them to vote on a particular decision or announcements regarding recent developments. We probably won't want to scale this too much, but it demonstrates the time value effect to potential users. Scenario D. User visits a content page on letstalkbitcoin.com. They have 100 LTB coin in their account, plus the author's access token. They can see everything as before, but they also see the companion blog post written by the author about that particular piece of content. This could be a video blog or bonus material that didn't fit into the story. This system allows anyone to have a subscription-based fan section for every story they post, which is only shown to those people who are actual fans. If you ever wanted a blooper section without embarrassing yourself in front of the world, 
this is probably a good way to do it. So what about sharing? Right now, this isn't in, but non-public items will be shareable in the future. Without appropriate access to a piece of content, readers will be redirected to a page explaining why, kind of like what Bitwall did, where the page gives examples essentially of how they can gain access, such as through tweeting or wait a certain amount of time, perform certain actions, or perhaps even have just a direct pass-through cost so the content can be consumed a la carte. The important thing is that gaining access is put into the user's hands. So I'd like to introduce token societies. This project got started about two and a half months ago, and I've been incredibly excited about it because I think that even though this initial rollout is is not so big, uh, I think that this is an important step forward. So I mentioned before that there aren't too many uses for LTB coin. So I'm pleased to introduce token societies, new from letstalkbitcoin.com. You can now set up your own token on the counterparty system, and in exchange for 50,000 LTB coin, or 0.1 of a Bitcoin, have a lifetime lease on your own token society. Only holders of your designated token will be able to see it, and you have complete control over the asset. The process is automated and requires no authorization, although you are de facto agreeing to our baseline set of rules if you set one up, which means no illegal stuff, no porn, all of these other things. Outside of that, content agnostic completely, and the control is entirely in your hands. This is the latest in a long line of tools we're rolling out, and as they come out, the picture is becoming more complete. We're seeing really where we're going, and while I'm not going to share that today, I do want to emphasize that token-controlled access and token-controlled viewpoint really can be about everything, right on down to granting powers to publish on the front page of letstalkbitcoin.com. I'm almost done here, but as a special bonus, if you're already signed up on letstalkbitcoin.com and you've already set up your counter wallet account, check your wallet. You should have an early token, and that early token will give you access to the Founder Forum. The Founder Forum is one of our first token-controlled access forums, and again, it's nothing special. It's just a place for us to talk. But there are only 2,400, actually 2,401, of these tokens in existence. They were created and given to all the people who already had accounts, and then the asset was locked. So this forum, in order to gain access to it as we continue to grow in popularity and we continue to grow the audience that we're speaking to, people who want to be in the Founder Forum will have to acquire one of these tokens from someone who did. So you might not want to give it up too soon. Also in the future, we'll be using it to roll out some early features. So that's about all here. There's a lot more to go into detail on this, but I think I've overloaded people enough. We're going to quickly go to break, and then we'll bounce over to Stephanie as she speaks with Aaron of bitfilm.com. Thanks for your time. This episode is brought to you by CryptoKit.com. We'll be starting full sponsorships again soon, so stay tuned. Today's magic word is VIEW. That's V-I-E-W. You've got until the 24th of September to visit letstalkbitcoin.com and enter the magic words for your share of the listener rewards. Back to the show. Welcome to Let's Talk Bitcoin. This is Stephanie reporting, and I'm here today with Aaron Koenig. <laughs> Very <laughs> good. Very good. <laughs> I tried to give the authentic German pronunciation to his name because he is based in Berlin. And actually, he's quite active in the Berlin Bitcoin community. But he doesn't only do that. He does a lot of other things. He's a filmmaker. He's been doing that for, I think, what, what is it, 14 or 15 years and has been uh, running a film festival called the Bit Film Festival. And that's what we're kind of here to talk about today because they've got a, a token that they're rolling out to manage various aspects of the film festival. But Aaron, first, I want to welcome you to Let's Talk Bitcoin. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. So how long have you been making short movies? Yeah, I, I started out in, in university. And uh, with Super 8, you know, very old-fashioned analog technology. And then since uh, 94, I'm uh, in the creative internet industry, mostly designing, conceiving websites. And in 99, I started my company, Bitfilm, to, you know, combine these two passions for film and interactive new media. And we tried out different things, you know, between film and new media. We had a community platform for filmmakers, which was never really big business. And we had did some uh, rights dealing and, and all that. And I think it's only since, uh, I would say, two and a half years that we really focus on 
production. And it happens that now most of our clients are Bitcoin startups. So they, maybe they like the name or they like what we do about you know, films about Bitcoin. So it's and been have, called BitFilm since the beginning, your company? Yeah, it's, it's not a very original name. It just stands for digital film. You know, it's, the, I think, the most obvious <laughs> name you can, you can take for uh, and I was surprised that the domain was not taken then. Uh, but you know, <laughs> cool. back in 99, most domains were still free. So now we have it since then. And uh, my interest in Bitcoin, I mean, it's kind of a coincidence, but maybe also not. Maybe I, I actually I remember I made a film when I was in Brazil at the film school about money. It's called Dinheiro, which is, you know, Brazilian Portuguese for money. And you could interpret it as a, as a metaphor on the hyperinflation, because that was in the hyperinflation times when I, when I was there. It was a, a very interesting experience. Mm. All kinds of, you know, animated coins, real coins. And we, we did a short animated sequences drawn on, on, on bills, on, on banknotes. So, um, so I started doing films about money very early. And also my interest in Austrian economy and you know, the whole criticism of the monetary system uh, came through BitFilm because in 2009, we had the idea to do some kind of cooperative movie, working with many animators all over the world at the same movie, which never really worked. But we found we, we had, had to think about a topic that, you know, everybody could relate to. And we said, it's, it has to be love, but there's so many love movies already, or maybe money, because everybody has a story to tell about money. So I... Uh, <laughs> And yes, and that's, that was a very naive idea. I didn't know that much about it. But I read many books and I stumbled across, you know, Mary Rothbard and, you know, Hayek and all those old guys and talked to interesting people. And I really got more and more drawn into it. And I didn't, I think I only heard about Bitcoin 2011, but I was very open to all kinds of, you know, new, new monetary systems. And before that, I thought about maybe combining digital currency with gold, but somebody already did that and it was, I think rated e-gold. So, so in the beginning, I was a bit skeptical about Bitcoin. It's not backed by gold. You know, all these kind of more old-fashioned Austrian economists, they probably have the same problems with Bitcoin. It took me a while to really understand uh, that it does not have to be backed by anything, that it has the qualities of gold, and that makes it special. So even in, I think, 2011, we already showed that, you know, the film, What is Bitcoin in a Festival? And we asked for donations and offered to, to pay out the prize money. So we made some small experiments. Last time we did um, kind of Bitcoin-based voting. You know, it wasn't a big success, but, uh, you know, it was good to, to try out things. And this year we decided... How did that so work? Films that, Can you tell me more about that? About the yeah, Bitcoin every, yeah the idea was that, that every film had, had its own uh, Bitcoin address and people would... Uh, transfer money to the film they like most, uh, most and the film with the most money would win. It simply it ha didn't have so much traction. Yeah? People were still a bit, you know, they, they didn't uh, transfer that much money. So it was okay to try it out, but I think we wouldn't do it that, like that uh, this time. Mm. And, uh, and uh, this year I really had to make the decision because I, I, def I think last year I decided I really want to focus all my time and energy into Bitcoin because I think it's so fascinating. And, you know, just running a digital film festival, it's okay. It's also not a big business. It's more like, I wouldn't call it a hobby, but it's, uh, you know, you will definitely not get rich from it. And it's, uh, it's a very interesting uh, thing to do and it's, it's fun, but it's always a lot of work, you know, to get the sponsors and all that. So I, I was really at the point whether or not just to stop the festival, but we did this for 14 years and it's, you know, kind of a or teenage, uh, <laughs> baby grown into a teenage, teenager. It's kind of a, established brand so it would be a pity and then i said why not do a film film festival just about films about bitcoin because there are you know probably not so many that you can fill a whole week but we're thinking about just a one day event maybe from the mm. afternoon to the late night and then uh, travel with it so we already have uh, three stops we have berlin obviously we have uh, seoul in korea we have buenos aires uh, we're talking with other cities and, uh, you know, if you know somebody in a city and wants to organize their own bit film event, uh, we're happy to cooperate. So uh, coming soon to a city near you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, absolutely. That's the idea. It, it, I really wanted to be kind of, you know, open source and reach as many people as possible. And, uh, and we might go there and visit or, or not. Maybe somebody just, you know, they, they will get the films, they will get the support and whatever, advertising material, and then be responsible for, you know, getting the, the venue packed and getting the press. Yeah. And I think there are many good films. Those events are yeah, yeah. always a really good way to meet other people too. Like if, if you go to an event that's a Bitcoin film festival, 
you're pretty much guaranteed to meet other people who are just as passionate about Bitcoin as you are. And, you know, maybe collaborations come from that, friendships, business partnerships. Who knows? It's always that way with networking events where you never know who you're going to meet. Absolutely. But but we think that uh, we want to reach people who might have heard about Bitcoin, who might be interested, but who would not go to a meetup, who would not go to conference, who think, oh, it's all too geeky for me. But they would go <laughs> to a film festival because films are, you know, they're fun and easy, easy to understand usually. So we were not uh, mainly talking to the to the insiders, yeah, to the people already go to Bitcoin meetups. Of course, they are all welcome and invited, but the the real uh, goal of that festival is to to reach a broader audience, also reach a different kind of journalists. You know, not the usual finance, tech, economy journalists, but more the you know culture, city life guys. So really, reach different people. Mm, so, absolutely. I, so I, I was going to ask if these are yeah. timed to uh, coincide with Bitcoin conferences, but maybe not. Maybe that's not really the the goal. Well, we did we did ch- uh, choose the t- the, the date uh, of the Buenos Aires event uh, to be close to the Rio conference. So we said let's do it one week before the, the weekend. So if somebody wants to travel to South America, they can do you know Buenos Aires one weekend, then go to Rio and go to the conference. And we might we we, we considering to maybe have the award show at the conference because that makes sense because many people will come anyway and you know, hopefully you will be there. This We, we could do that. Uh, well, so far we are standalone events and we have a very nice venue in, in Berlin and, uh, and Seoul, which is uh, the Platoon, Platoon, which is made out of uh, freight containers. It's a, it's a very unique venue that exists oh, only cool. in Berlin and Seoul. And we did a screening in Seoul last year and we actually started our Bitcoin exchange in Berlin in that venue. So it's a very special place and it has its followership. So I think it fits well. So that's why we have Berlin and Seoul kind of taken for granted. And Buenos Aires. Before you go on, Aaron, I'm curious. um, Maybe you could just tell me a little bit about the Bitcoin scene in Berlin. I mean, it's kind of well known for being an active area as far as Bitcoin activity goes. But you actually are one of the organizers of the Bitcoin Exchange Berlin. Tell me what's going on in the city and in the Bitcoin community there. Yeah, well, we have the so-called Bitcoin Keats. Keats is a very Berlin expression for you know, a neighborhood, an urban neighborhood. And it, uh, I think it used to have the highest density of brick and mortar stores accepting Bitcoins. It might have changed. I know that now in Netherlands, there's something going on, Bitcoin Boulevard. But it's still pretty impressive. You, know, you can just walk around in a small neighborhood and get all kinds of goods and services for Bitcoin, beers and burgers. So it's, it's, a, it's a nice nice area. And there's a, a monthly um, meetup in the, the oldest uh, Bitcoin accepting place, I think, in the world, where you can get burgers and burritos and all that, the Room 77. Then there's a bi-weekly meetup, which is more, you know, startups present what they do. It's quite techy and they're investors. It's, it's, it's a nice one. And we are more for the beginners. I mean, for, for, we do it now weekly. We started uh, monthly. Basically, we took the idea from from uh, Joshua Rossi. Yeah? I, I read it in, in New York Times about the Satoshi Square in New York. That wow, that's a, such a simple, great idea. And I asked him, "Hey, do you mind if we do the same thing in Berlin?" He said, "Yeah, sure, go for it." And uh, we only we only changed the name because we didn't want to have that insider's name. You know, mm. so it's a little bit you know more like an insider's. Uh, expression and we uh, added some visuals like we we wear uh, bowler hats uh, the sellers get bowler hats and we have chalk uh, blackboards where you can write the price and with chalk so all these like old-fashioned analog accessoires and the media love it of course so when the tv team comes they always uh, shoot the the guys with the hats or the girls and, and the blackboards so it that worked out pretty well now, as we um, went to, as we changed the concept to have a weekly uh, event, it's not that special anymore. Before, we tried to always have some guest speaker from abroad, and uh, now we thought we would just focus on well, trading and buying and selling Bitcoin, not for business purpose. We we have no idea how much they trade. We don't get a commission. It's not. It's really not a business purpose from our side. It's really to to reach people. Everybody else, hey, where can I get the bitcoins and how does it work? And the easiest way to explain to people is uh, they just do it and sometimes they just come and buy bitcoins for whatever 10 euros mm. that's fine we also saw people buying bitcoins for thousands of euros but we don't care we have a very strict don't know your <laughs> customer policy and uh, <laughs> i love it we're, we're not we're not a commercial exchange we're just it's, it's more a pr it's it's a pr event networking event educational yeah event, say so yeah it's not absolutely a, that's that's mm-hmm. really cool 
you will never get bankrupt and we'll never you know get no no bitcoins will ever get lost at bxp so we can be sure about that right because no one one person has them very decentralized so speaking of outreach and education obviously you are a multilingual person do you ever do any translation of bitcoin educational materials into german or into other languages most of the films are made in english so then mm -hmm. somebody has helped us has has to help us to transform my poor school english into like proper english usually the the, the voice over actors help a lot <laughs> as you might might know sometimes we have for instance now we are just uh, we have a client that wanted to have it in german and english and maybe in the future also other languages i mean that's not too difficult it's mostly the, the length you know german is usually a bit longer than english and french even more and mm. so that's the biggest challenge i think but yeah. most of the time it's it's english you know? because most of the companies they want to reach the whole world and it's so we we like to have uh, english with uh, foreign accents so we, i think the very first um, film about bitcoin that we did was for a german platform bitcoin.de and they have this claim you know bitcoin marketplace made in germany so we convinced them to really kind of play with that germanness and we have all german stereotypes in it and you know that boring professor talking with a very heavy accent and his uh, robot <laughs> Paul Herman. I, some people might have seen that one. It was actually my voice. I mean, I can't really speak with a very, very bad German accent if I want to. Even worse <laughs> than now. And you can see all. The, you can see a lot of examples of Aaron's work at bitfilm.com. It's very simple URL. Very memorable. <laughs> yeah. So some some more stuff will come. So, I mean, I think the the, uh, the the video trailer for the Rio conference we did. Uh, it's not online yet because it hasn't been published by them. But um, yeah, and we have more works um, under production now. It's quite interesting that we, so far we have mostly worked with animation. So we work with uh, in animators in India and Eastern European countries because usually the budgets are kind of limited. So we have to find a way to produce high quality even for low, but uh, low relatively low budgets. Musicians Argentina, but now more and more people come and also want live action with actors, which is uh, interesting, new challenge. Right, yeah. So um, just for full disclosure for the audience here, I mm -hmm. have actually worked with Aaron before as a voice actor for some of his films. So if you go to uh, bitfilm.com, you can hear some examples of the, some of the projects we've done together. But really, it is a global thing. I mean, bringing together just musicians and animators and voice actors from all over the world and sometimes with Aaron uh, participating himself <laughs> which is kind of cool usually we pay people in bitcoin so it works it works pretty well i mean it's just sending files yes. around it's uh, it, it, the cool thing it doesn't really matter where, where i am i happen to be in berlin now i also was uh, for for a month in in tel aviv also to explore the bitcoins and it just worked from there just normally i will probably spend the winter in the european winter in south america which is summer which i prefer so it's a great thing, I mean, to have this kind of global network and uh, to be able to, and usually our, our clients are from all over the place, also many from the United States and whatever, mm. Israel. And we, we're not really, I mean, we are officially a German registered company, but uh, I think I'm the only German who works first. And, uh, <laughs> so it's more like international yeah. quality that we produce. Yeah. And just speaking as a freelancer or as a self-employed person, you know, sometimes it can take, oh, a month to get a check from a client who wants to pay you in fiats. And it can be kind of a problem sometimes because if you're waiting on a payment and you got bills to pay or whatever, that can be a little bit stressful. If I have a client like Aaron, who's a kind of a dream client, you know, he can pay me right away in Bitcoin just by sending it. And it's there in two seconds. So that's, that's <laughs> because always... you're my dream uh, voice actor. And of course, I want to treat you, <laughs> treat you well and hope that you, that you can work again. Of course. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about the upcoming BitFilm Festival and what you've decided to do differently with the, the token this year. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it started actually because uh, uh, Amos, uh, we, we worked first with Amos Meiri. Amos from, from Tel Aviv, we did the film, the film for Color Coins, and Amos was kind of managing that. And, uh, well, he obviously liked it, and he started his own company, which is now called My Powers. I think he's changed the name several times, as mm -hmm. we had to change it in the film. And we did a film for them, so we explained the concept uh, with the short animation, and uh, that's how we start to work together. And then, uh, when and the concept, of, the concept of that company, by the way, is basically user-created assets, you know, these little tokens that you can create that 
can be whatever you want them to be. Essentially, they can be redeemable for merchandise or for future rewards in your company. It, it kind of, I'm being a little vague here, but I'm sure if you've listened to Let's Talk Bitcoin before, you've heard the concept of user-created assets that are these little tokens that companies can use for kind of whatever or individuals can use for whatever they want to reward their supporters. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we try out. We, we'll see how it, how it works. We just launched yesterday. So let's see. How it, uh, I mean, we, we had the idea to kind of, you know, it's always a problem to get the festival funded. And we have, you know, one sponsor for sure. And with others, we, 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 co- we, we negotiate. But, you know, getting the money is usually always the, the hardest part. And then I talked with uh, my friend uh, Mago from New York and said, why don't you do a cr- crowdfunding campaign? And then mm-hmm. I talk with Amos and we will use that. I mean, it's not so much about getting money, of course. It's one aspect. I think even more important is the building the community and interacting and everybody can, you know, have special access to VIP dinner or they will get a little merchandise. So you can check it out on, on the, on the uh, MyPowers website, what you will get for how many coins and of course it's not a real altcoin the, the name may, may be a little bit confusing i mean the, the probably the most appropriate expression would be share but then we would get of course there would get a lot of legal problems the sec because shares are so regulated but that's the original idea so you somehow become a kind of shareholder in the in a company or in a person or in a project but we uh, we should better not call it like that and of course you're not you don't get a part of the profit it's more something you know more idealistic and you will get uh, of course, a festival pass and you get uh, maybe a T-shirt if you get more coins or you even have some kind of very special geek jeans with water repellent fabric and a special smartphone uh, f- uh, pocket, re- really cool, from Croatia. So it depends on how many uh, coins you put into that project and the, the more coins, you, you, the more you get. And also you get more voting rights. So we have that very, I think, very democratic pro- principle of uh, one coin, one vote. So if you have one coin, you have one vote. If you have 32 coins, you have 32 votes. I think that's only fair. Let's explore yeah. this a little bit more deeply just yeah. for a moment here. I'm actually yeah. looking at the at mypowers.com right now, which is the platform that you've launched the mm-hmm. Bit, BitFilm coin on. And mm-hmm. uh, they, they've got a section where you can look at all the different coins that are on their platform, including um, Tatiana coin and a couple of other ones that haven't launched quite yet. Um, but BitFilm mm-hmm. coin is up there and it's available. So if you click on it, it says um, the price per coin, which is 50 millibits per coin. And, and you've got four coins issued so far, which it just launched. So of course, there's not too many out there yet. Um, but like, so if, if someone goes to that website and wants to support the Bitcoin Film Festival or buy one of your coins, how does that work for them and what do they get for it? Yes, it's very easy to buy it. Just, you know, a few bitcoins uh, that they transfer. It's quite, quite easy to, to use. And for one bit, co- bit film coin, you get a free festival or get a festival pass for the city of, for city of your choice. Uh, you have a vote and you will get a discount on, on all kinds of future things that we will launch in the future because you will keep the coin. It's not that you have to spend the coin. You, you keep it as you get a share. And mm-hmm. because you put in some money, you will get something in return, but you will also get something in the future. If you ha- own uh, three BitFilm coins, you will be a BitFilm buff and you get a, that special Robot Girl t-shirt and, and the pass and three votes and so forth. If you have eight uh, coins, you get the t-shirt and that special uh, WTF Geek Jeans and a festival pass and eight votes. If you, had, if you own 16 coins, you will be invited to a VIP dinner in the city of your choice with directors and producers and, you know, can feel important and have a look behind the scenes and all the other stuff, jeans and t-shirt, what, so what. And for 32 coins, you can be a producer and create your own bit film event. I mean, that's, that's one model, yeah? That's, you can just mm. have the coins and you get all the revenues at whatever local sponsors or ticket sales or drinks or whatever. So you can just keep it. So we'll see how people will react to it, to these different packages. Um, we might add yeah. more options, but uh, I mean, for, for us, it's more like a, a little experiment and trying to talk to the Bitcoin community in a different way. And uh, if we get some money for, from it, fine. I mean, we'll put it in the festival and uh, hopefully be, in, be able to invite people and, you know, be generous. It's not, it's not a really pro- for-profit thing, this whole festival. Just the more money we have, the more money we can spend and we can whatever give out yeah, free drinks and, and that's the idea otherwise we have to be a bit you know more modest but it's also fun. yeah i see you've posted in the event page here 
if you have a uh, festival pass, which mm-hmm. you can get with by buying a Bitfilm coin, then you're going to get a free ride to the festival venue um, in Berlin with Uber, whether the government yeah. likes it or not. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny because to today Uber was was forbidden in Germany by some some silly oh, court. No. Uh, yeah, it's 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 absurd. Yeah, and Uber says we don't care, we do it anyway. And we, I mean, we <laughs> like we, we like the free market. We don't like government monopolies. So we we wanted to. I mean, I don't think that Uber needs our support. Yeah, but we want to show that we are absolutely for free market and against those kind of silly dinosaur uh, protection methods that the yeah. German courts have here. So so uh, on purpose we we chose. I mean, actually, we approached Uber and said, "Hey, don't you want to be our mobility partners?" Because we have this discussion here. It was forbidden in Berlin and in Hamburg. And then some court ruled it over, and then now there's some kind of federal court. It's it's very silly, but you know this is Germany. It's completely overregulated and very statist, and uh, lots of work to do for libertarian-minded person here in Germany. So uh, <laughs> I mean, all the all the parties in the parliament, and they're, they're more or less socialists. Yeah, there's just little graduations of it. They call themselves conservatives, yeah. but they are so so damn socialist statist. It's a uh, <laughs> kind of, and of course, I mean, it's. I think it's impossible to really understand Bitcoin and not be vol- uh, libertarian or voluntarist, or however you would call that. I mean, because mm. Bitcoin is essentially so anti-establishment, anti-government, anti-state, and that's good. I think it's good for the world, for the people, and for that. Mm. So it's not just for business reasons or that I like the tech about Bitcoin. It's a very political mission for me to be, you know, to help foster the the Bitfilm economy and Bitfilm ecosystem. And uh, of course, also the festival will... I mean, the one thing that we definitely show is uh, probably as the opener is the Declaration of Independence. I think you you also participate in it, the one by Julia oh, Turiansky. Yeah. And, um, yes. And so we will have some cute little animations. I mean, our own animation, of course, will be out of competition. We might show them in an extra thing, but documentaries, all that kind of thing. But we definitely want to make sure that people get the real message, not about, you know, compliance and whatever and regulation, but what Bitcoin is really about. And it's about freedom. Yeah. It's about empowering people. The Declaration of Independence will probably, you know, set the tone for the for the festival. I really like that. I mean it's not the greatest film, you know, in in technical terms. Yeah. It's just it's but the content is good. So and the people are good. Right on. Yeah, there you go. I like that. (laughs) I like that spirit. So, I mean, getting back to the um, BitFilm coin, mm-hmm. I'm looking at this page right here, and it, it's kind of reminiscent of a Kickstarter campaign where you have different levels of rewards based on how much you put in. But the key difference is that you get to keep that token and you can hold on to it forever. Excellent. So in, in the future, you know, if there's other film festivals or other whatever you want, I mean, any kind of event. You know, you could even use BitFilm coins to offer discounts on, you know, your services for film production or something to do with the Berlin Bitcoin meetups. I mean, like the possibilities are kind of endless. So uh, you could trade them. Bitcoin, BitFilm coins will be freely tradable. Very, uh, they're, they're working on the trading model. I think it's not online yet, but it's announced. So you could trade uh, BitFilm coins for Tatiana coins or Stephanie coins or whatever. Let's talk BitFilm coins. So let's see, I mean, how our market value will develop. <laughs> so it's a, it's a very interesting concept. I mean, I really like what, what Amos is doing there, and uh, we'll see what will come out of it. Yeah, so I mean, I have a couple of scenarios that I'm imagining here. So far, you have four backers, and obviously there are going to be more, but you've got four right at, immediately after the release. And it says you've got about um, 2,096 BitFilm coins remaining. So you've capped the amount at 3,000 BitFilm coins, is that? No, 2,100. 2,100. Okay. It's, you know, it's like the 21 million just cutting oh, away from some, yeah, some coins. It's, uh, you know, that's Satoshi. <laughs> Satoshi. And we wanted to have like more like smaller numbers, right? One coin, not, you know, I think Tatiana coins, you have like 10,000 Tatiana coins and then she sings for you, whatever. And we'd rather have smaller quantities. So we had a, right. decided let's have uh, 50 milli bitcoins as a price and have these small packages. But that's, I mean, it's completely our choice. And we have, yeah, of course, I mean, we have limited, that's hap- a limited amount. What are you expecting people to buy? Like if you have just a few backers, but they all get 32 bit film coins each. And they each have their own rights to have dinner with you and make their own fit film event. And <laughs> if all of your backers support at the highest level, 
what happens versus what if all your backers support at the lowest level and they all get one Bitfilm coin? Are you expecting kind of a stratification of the level have, at which people are going to support? I have no idea. I have no idea. Have no uh, idea. I think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just be surprised. We'll see. I mean, the people might think, okay, what if one guy buys all the, if you, whatever, Satoshi comes uh, and buys all the 2,100 coins because for him it's just peanuts, and then, then he will just have all the votes for the festival and vote for the film. Okay, so be it. I mean, that's that's the free market, right? I mean... Why not? Everybody has the right to buy as many coins as they want. It's, and then it's okay. you still have your funding. Uh, it's okay. I mean, it's really, you know, the funding is really not the most important point. Of course, we're happy if we sell lots of coins, but it's, uh, you know, it's more the experience. It's more that uh, we can do this and try it out and, and see what happens. And if uh, many people will go for that VIP dinner and everybody wants to have dinner with me, fine. I mean, I like to have dinner and I like to meet interesting people. Uh, nothing against it. And, uh, you know, it's easy. There are plenty of T-shirts and festivals. Well, of course, they, uh, they, we had to limit the amount of, of coins also because there's simply limited space in the venues. We cannot, we couldn't yeah. have uh, sold 21 million coins. That. Sure, yeah. there's, there's a certain limit. And uh, and what we will do, I mean, we, as, as I mean now we have three uh, stops so far. And we want to add more. We're negotiating with several cities. And uh, so hopefully it comes to a city near you. Probably not the small ones. I it's, it's probably more, more the bigger ones, like you know, Berlin, Buenos Aires. That maybe I mean, I'd love to do something in, let's say, New York or LA for US uh, listeners. But uh, we ha- we'll have to see. We have to find somebody who then is in charge and who knows the local market, who knows the media. I mean, it's we cannot organize it from here. It would be impossible. We can just provide the films, provide the framework, but somebody has to be there on on ground and and. Be in charge, be responsible. And it's not that complicated, actually. You have to have a nice venue. You have to know some people, maybe have some, whatever, meetup groups already. And then you send an invite and uh, it shouldn't be that complicated to organize it. I mean, these days, I mean, all the films are digital. You need some kind of uh, reasonable video projector and a white wall. And that's about it. And then you sell some drinks and maybe you get some local sponsors. So I don't think it's that complicated to organize it. But it has to be on that following that self-organization principle. Otherwise, I mean, we are not a wor- we will not organize a world tour. And these the, the the venues that we have already, it happened more because you know in Buenos Aires it will happen it will be in the uh, Espacio Bitcoin, which is you know the, the Bitcoin embassy, so to speak. And they're friends, mm. so it was just easy to. They have this amazing four-story building in the in the center of of uh, Buenos Aires with several Bitcoin companies in there and the, and the foundation and. They have a big room and they have a roof terrace. And I've got some friends in Argentina who, who will help me to, to organize the event. It's for sure that you're going to have these three events at the venues that you've already scheduled. Yes. But if you raise additional funds through this crowd sale of BitFilm coins, then you can add on more events and you can make the existing events bigger and you can offer perks to the people who back Absolutely. you. It's not that much about finding funds. It's more about finding the people. If somebody says, hey, I want to organize a bit film festival in Lebanon, New Hampshire, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, we're absolutely open to any kind of cooperation, be it whatever, revenue share or a little guarantee, but whatever. But it's not that much. If we get additional funds, it will be really more for... You know, ha- having a bit more money on to spend on advertising and being able to invite people for, you know, if you have a party that you get drinks for free, things like that, that we can uh, fly in uh, directors and producers to talk about their work. So, I mean, that's the things that simply cost money. Right. So, but, but organizing event uh, on a like, like, let's say on a modest moder- scale, if you have, like, for instance, as a, as a Buenos Aires center, it's already there. They have a room, they have a community. It's not such a big deal for them to, to set it up. And we just, you know, go there, show the films. And uh, so it's not so much a matter of money, actually. So mm. it's, it's more like people who like the idea would like to cooperate. So if anybody wants to do this, I mean, they should yeah. please I mean, give out my email address and they should contact me. And I'm very open to any kind of cooperation. Cool. Well, you can email Aaron at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at bitfilm.com. It's a very <laughs> a, simple, memorizable email address, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I have just a couple more questions about, yeah, sure. the, about Bitfilm coin. The first one is like, how long is this going to be available for? Is there a time limit on how long it is available? Or is it kind of just going to go on in perpetuity? 
Um, well, first there's a limit in coins. So this season, this festival season, 14, which is the year 2040, but it's also a 14th festival because we started in 2000. It's mm-hmm. that's the, 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 the cap is on, on 2100. So if they are sold, it's over. And then also because it's linked to the voting procedure, the voting will start when the real festival starts, so October 18th, Berlin, mm-hmm. and it will be over just well, shortly before the uh, award ceremony, and if we set that for Rio December 6th, then probably the voting will stop, let's see, maybe December 1st, something like that. We haven't decided it yet. Um, and then obviously and, and, and we want people to be able to buy, to, to buy coins and take part in the voting until very last minute. But then there will be a moment where, um, you know, we cannot buy anymore. Okay, so it's limited basically by the number of coins and then there's the time frame on the voting. Exactly, yeah. Okay. But there and will be more coins probably next festival season. If, if you make a good uh, ex- experience with that and we think it's, we should do it again, then mm-hmm. next year there will be an, a new batch of coins. And the old coins will, of course, still have the, the value. There will be discount on things. So maybe they have even a higher value or the, the, maybe the, the coin price will be higher next year. We don't, we don't know. We have to decide that uh, right. after this experience of this year. We don't plan that much uh, ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, you have to see how it goes. It's, it's an experiment, like you mm-hmm. said. So, and one more question. Mm-hmm. Right now, the price of one BitFilm coin is 50 millibitcoins. Mm-hmm. So, that's equivalent to at the current exchange rate, that's about $24. Um, so, you know, that's about as much as you may spend to get into a film festival. That's kind of a good deal. Um, and then you, you also have the token that you can hang on to for future events. Um, but what happens if the Bitcoin exchange rate, you know, tr- changes dramatically, like during the course of when you're offering these coins? So like before all the coins get sold out, suddenly 50 million Bitcoins is worth like $500 or something. What yeah, do you do then? That's a, good, that's a very good question. Uh, I think we will decide then. But in any case, it's good to buy it now because now you have that cheap price. And uh, mm. if you buy it later... <laughs> I mean, even if we, uh, if, if we decide to kind of, you know, change something, we will always make sure that the early adopters, the early buyers will definitely have a benefit from it. That's the, the, the volatile nature of, of Bitcoin that mm. uh, it poses some new problems, I think, for everybody. I mean, for, for all yeah. peer-to-peer lending. I mean, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is special and is different. And, and, and most of the time, I like it. I mean, and I, I definitely expect the Bitcoin price, the Bitcoin exchange rate to, to go up at the end of the year. I mean, if the pattern uh, repeats itself, I mean, there's no guarantee for that. But we always had this pattern of a very, you know, the, the kind of rally, the, the peak, and then then certain downfall. And the media, media always made a bit fuss about it, but it was still always like five or whatever, 10 times more than, than before. Then it was a certain plateau and several months of not much happening. And then the new rally and a new peak. And uh, this mm-hmm. happened, I don't know who many, how many times. I think I have seen it for three times and somebody told me there was the same uh, development even in 2009 and 10 and then the bitcoin price went up to wow 50 cents and everybody said oh god this is a bubble <laughs> and credit will never be like that again and then then one dollar <laughs> and then thirty dollars and 150 and uh, we had one thousand dollars and we probably see i don't know five thousand dollars by the end of this year and yes of course we don't want people to pay five thousand dollars to go into a film festival, I mean, then we'll probably have some kind of, I don't know, maybe they can bring their friends or we give a discount. We, we don't know, but we definitely right. want to uh, have a fair, fair solution then. But, you know, that's the kind of luxury problems. Um, I mean, people who have, who have Bitcoins, who will have that experience that, the, I don't know, they have 10 Bitcoins and, and it's okay, but then at the end of the year, they are really rich with having 10 bitcoins. I mean, mm-hmm. they will be not be really sad of having spent uh, 0.05 bitcoins f- for us. I mean, I don't think like that. I mean, I remember when I was in uh, room 77 in, in 2011, and I spent probably one bitcoin 50 for a beer. And if you think it, you know, <laughs> if you think of it now, it sounds like crazy, but then it was okay. It was just, okay. right. it was just a normal price. And you don't, and I think people are not that, oversensitive about these things as long as in the long run i mean your 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 wealth doesn't decay and, and you, you keep more value than than you spend i think people are okay with it but we definitely yeah. try to, to give them a fair deal i mean that's that's for sure right on okay <laughs> cool well that i think that's all the questions i have 
Can you just run down real quickly the dates for each of these three upcoming Bid Film Festivals yes. and tell people one more time your website and how they can get in touch with you? Yes. The, the, it will start October 18th in Berlin, Germany. The, the second uh, date will be November 8th in Seoul, Korea, both in the Platoon Kunsthalle, which is Kunsthalle.com. Kunsthalle means art hall in German. And hmm. uh, uh, then in Buenos Aires, it'll be November 29th, just one week before the Rio conference. And if you do something with Rio, I mean, the, the Rio conference, December 6th and 7th, I think it will be the best conference of the year. At least the Buenos Aires conference last year was, for me, the best one of the year. And it's, it's more or less the same masterminds behind it. It's the Latin American guys. And, you know, you just can have a lot of fun in Latin America. You can network. People are great. It's summer. Mm. It's Rio. That's the beach. And uh, I think everybody who does not go to the Rio conference in December, they will really miss something. And hopefully they will even miss the – no, they will not. They will not miss the – the award show of the Bitcoin conference. It's not confirmed yet, but I'm, I'm very positive that we'll do it there. And, you know, I mean, we, have, we Germans have very good memories of doing something in Rio de Janeiro. And I think stopping, I mean, having that at the climax of the festival this year. You're not that much into football, what you call soccer, right? But somebody <laughs> might know that we just uh, became world champions in Brazil, in Rio. And uh, so we kind of like it. So we, we definitely have Rio as the, the, the final stop. And you can go to uh, www.bitfilm.com slash festival. If you leave the festival, you can go to the page where all our commercial films are. And from there, of course, you find a link. Uh, you just click on that sexy robot girl. And uh, <laughs> you go to the, the MyPowers website. Or just go to mypowers.com and follow that yellow coin with a Bitfilm on it. I think it's easy to find. Great. Okay, Aaron, thank you so much. This has been really fun to talk with you. And <laughs> you. Um, I, I hope I will get a chance to uh, go to one of these BitFilm festivals and oh, uh, see hopefully. it in person. <laughs> go, go, to, go to all of them, please. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Bitcoin. Content for today's episode was provided by Stephanie, Aaron, and Adam. This episode was edited by Adam Levine, and music was provided by Jared Rubens and General Fuzz. See you next time.